When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Picard, Star Trek Picard on Paramount Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season two, episode one, titled The Stargazer. Uh, a, a title dripping with meaning, dripping with meaning this episode because there's a lot of nostalgia stuff and there's also a lot of new stuff, new developments on the Picard front uh, as far as his childhood and things, which I'm pretty excited about. Aaron. What'd you think of this episode? You know, until you just said about the portentousness of the name Stargazer, I just realized, oh my God, they they manufactured a backstory for Picard that makes his first command to Stargazer like hmm. some kind of prophetic fulfillment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they sure hmm. did. Interesting. Interesting. I really like this episode. I think this is a strong start to the season. It's still got a lot of things that I find annoying about modern Trek, the you know, have to have an action sequence every, between every uh, commercial break. We got to invent, you know, pirates boarding the Fenris Raiders so Seven of Nine can kick ass and get uh, Hollow Hollow Rios involved in the action. Um, sure. But it's also got a lot of the Star Trek that I like, you know, the aspirational stuff, the um, introspection uh, introducing Q, my God, I love that. Like the DH yep. John Delancey, and I'm like, well, of course they could play it like that. And then he s- snaps, and you know, like that's what Q does. He changes changes uniform to match. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Picard's a captain, he's going to be a captain. If Picard's an admiral, he's going to be. A- I thought that was so great. And some of the greatest Q episodes are where he kind of plays uh, the devil. Yeah. And uh, or the the ghost of Christmas future and kind of reviews like these are your life. This is your life, Jean-Luc. And these were your choices. Ha ha ha. What what do you think now, old man? And and I'm kind of in for that ride. What did you think of it? Yeah. To say nothing of uh, Guinan showing up with this episode, which was also awesome. Yeah. Uh, So much nostalgia. Yeah. I, I had a ton of fun with this episode. I thought it was quite good it's it's a lot of setup right so like nothing hmm how how do i talk about this without breaking embargoes because we have seen the first two episodes and yes boy oh boy i could have made an argument to release those as a two twofer because right and it it really gets you (laughs) If your hooks are even slightly in you now, I think they'll be fully set next episode. That's the thing. Without making a quality judgment, I will say I have more to say about next episode than I do this episode, but I I did really enjoy this episode as well. Um, So, I I, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm excited, like I said before, to see more about Picard's childhood. Like... And not just his childhood, but his development, right? We we saw, like, Nausicans destroying his heart and shit, but, like, <laughs> that sure. stuff, you know, isn't isn't developmentally important, I feel, to Picard. That's just, like, a thing that happened to him. Whereas, mm. yeah, and I mean, around the edges, like, yeah, okay, it shows what kind of person he was. But 
I like the idea of exploring the final frontier being Picard's own heart, right? Like the only thing he's afraid to explore this grand explorer who, who goes into the breach time and time again, without fear, can't open up uh, and look inside himself. And I, I don't know that feels appropriate, right? For this aged person who is now entering the final chapter of his life to start having to confront the way he's lived it is is great. I mean, it's it's kind of awesome. And it's something I didn't know I wanted to see until I saw it. Yes, I feel exactly the same way. I do have a couple of like pre-reservations about maybe directions they could take this path that maybe I wouldn't like. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I also think this was like just so much fan service for Star Trek fans. Oh, dude. Like, you know, yeah. like it, it's it's they know it's a lot of setup, but also like. And you catch the the apparently grandson of uh, Sulu that's going to Starfleet Academy. Look at all look at all these old Starfleet training ships. The Excelsior, you like the Excelsior, don't you, kids? Stargazer, right. like yep. all these all these great references to to old old Star Trek of your um, sweet uniforms. I think these might Dude, be my new favorite Star Trek uniforms. It was so cool seeing the old familiar uniforms. Like, it, it, I know they're not identical to the old ones, but they're, they're like the sweetest possible version. <laughs> of exactly. Them. They're the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe uh, Star Trek pajamas. Uh-huh. Like, they somehow took the aesthetic of like the Deep Space Nine era, the TNG era, and the Voyager era. And improved upon it. Yeah. I this is like hands down. If I ever cosplayed a Star Trek, which I'm not going to, but if I ever did, I'd be wearing this fucking th- these fucking style uniforms. Picard's admiral like motorcycle jacket sure, was like sure. the most badass version of that weird little leather velour number he wore in like season five through seven. His half jacket, I, yeah. Uh, so so cool. Goddamn. No, it is. Um, I I really liked seeing it. And I, I feel like we didn't get a lot of that in season one because they were sort of on the outside of the Federation. But right. now that you've got all these characters being integrated into the Federation and Starfleet. Everybody's back in the fold, yeah. Yeah, everybody's back in, man. Um, it, is it is it weird that anybody's in the position they're in? Because that's the one, like, disconnect I had is, okay, Rios is now suddenly captain of the Stargazer. Um Right. You've got Rafi, who's commander of the Excelsior. Some probably like first officer, maybe. I, I'm not exactly uh-huh. sure. Um, it, it, that felt a little disjointed. Like, how did these characters get here from where we ended last time? But I think with a year and a half, and keeping in mind that Picard is not only reinstated as an admiral, but he's now like the head of Starfleet Academy. Like, I feel like with his personal reputation and that much power, he yeah. could be like. I want my disgraced former adjutant or, or you know, uh, valet officer to fucking be a commander of a training ship. And I want this sure. guy who helped save the universe's bacon to be a captain again because y'all did him dirty. This feels like um, this feels like the show is kind of purifying Starfleet. Like Starfleet okay. has got yeah. a lot of dirt on it and it's, it's been tarnished and yeah. like drugged through the mud. And it's almost like there's a new sheriff in town. We have excised the insidious influence of the Romulans and uh, our paranoia and fear because of that. And we got new management mm-hmm. and, you know, like like Rios had this whole dark storyline where Starfleet 
you know, did this dirty shit and 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 covered it up and blamed it on yeah. it's like kind of USS Indianapolis type of thing. Like we're writing all those wrongs, and I kind of like it because I, it's getting Star Trek back to being more aspirational. I hope, I think. Right. I remember so many episodes of of Picard blowing up exactly those scenarios. Right. Like Starfleet was doing something that was against their own. Uh, morality right. judgments, and he would go yeah. in and say, "No, no, we're doing it my way." Yeah. Quote uh, some Shakespeare: "Have <laughs> we forgot our principles?" <laughs> right. Just because our principles are in conflict with our interest means we just do bullshit. Now is that what just denied? <laughs> nay, nay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're right. It does feel like there's a, a a cleaner feeling going into this season, and I like that. Uh, I will say. One thing I strongly dislike, the, the probably the thing I most dislike about this new era of Star Trek is mm. the color palette that they're using on mm. the ships. Because yeah. to me, that pristine white that they had inside their ships and the bright lights, right, are kind of a defining look uh, for the Federation, for Starfleet. And they've gone completely the opposite direction with this. They've gone very dark, all black bridges, with just like highlights of lighting in places. And yeah. it, it makes it feel like, where are you going to go from here? When you're trying to tell me that like, oh, the Romulans, like aesthetically, when you're trying to tell me the Romulans are the bad guys or the Borg are evil or something like that, how are you going to do that with your color palette when you've already got the good guys being as dark as possible? I know, And it's like they, they try to explain it because like, I guess Rios's ship is some kind of like literally gray kind of existence, you know, unaffiliated with the Federation, but not bad. Uh, And the Stargazer is supposed to be Borg derived technology. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like Starfleet lines with that kind of like gunmetal gray, but it, but the Borg don't get their tech from the color of their ship. That's that's not, that's not a thing. I was about to say it's a child's idea of production design, you know, but it, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you because I, I, in fact, I'm like, what the fuck? What kind of like warlike bellicose Federation ship when I was watching it and I didn't know it was the Stargaze and I didn't know it was Borg derived technology? Like, why is it look like a Klingon battlecruiser in here? Right. It's coded completely differently. And I'm like, oh, God, it's a fucking Borg ship. I, but I completely agree with you. That's that's a dumb take on what the Federation would do with Borg derived technology. And, and I'll say it gets even worse. It gets even worse in that regard uh, mm. as we move into the season. So um, I don't you know. know I'm what? disappointed that in that. It makes but... a lot of sense though, because now, oh man, I guess we'll wait to talk about this next, next episode. Uh-huh. I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I got th- this, this kind of makes sense. If you think about saving money and you realizing <laughs> assets. Uh, sure. Sure. All right. Um, yeah. Maybe we should not go into that territory. Maybe we should go into the territory of the recap. What do you think? I think we should. All right. First, let's take a quick break. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. 
Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right, this episode starts off with a bang. Uh, literally, if you watch the whole thing. Uh, Federation ship is under attack, and they are boarded. And the bridge crew are being shot up. Picard's there, and apparently goes so poorly that he's his only option is to activate uh, self-destruct. And we don't really get to see it. It cuts out right before uh, the self-destruct would go off, so we aren't sure if it's going to go off. How could well, it, right? Picard's the... on board. There's no way they're going to kill Picard. Yeah, and we hear we hear a voice that sounds suspiciously borgified scream Picard. Yeah. Um this so okay. I feel like and we talk about this all the time. A lot of times when shows do this, it feels like it's narrative uh, uh lack of confidence. Like, oh my god, these people are like on the fence about watching Picard. Mm-hmm. Cuz season 1 was kind of a mixed bag. We got to get him hooked like before the fucking credit sequence. We can't just have like a, you know, year and a half later where we're, people are, are like like these characters enough. They're just going to want to naturally catch up with them. Uh, I, I hate it when they do this. Um, well, the holy grail of this so much, it, so much better if they just don't do this and tell the story that they're, they're wanting to tell. Yeah, I probably um, it's, it's definitely like a confusing moment. I do like um to be thrown into the middle of something that I don't understand how it could even be happening. That's yeah, fun sometimes. Yeah. Um, and this, I think approaches that. So I didn't have a huge problem with it. Uh, it, I feel like the Holy grail of this kind of scene, this hook you scene is if they could get somehow an action scene where somebody is, uh, some very attractive actor is wearing very little clothing, right? Like Star Trek is not, <laughs> is not below that. Certainly they've right, done it in the right. past and you've got seven sure. of nine here. So what are we doing? Yes. What is she? She's got her, uh, she's got her unitard back on for some right? reason. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that I like, there's a lot of stuff in this. I did like, I was kind of like, ah, oh, God damn to flash forward. Jesus Christ. But um, the red alert, a, a smart blend of the TNG era klaxon with the classic Star Trek era movie 
alert condition red signage. I thought okay. that was fucking pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, a Vulcan, scared Vulcan uh, officer, um, bleeding green. Mm-hmm. Good attention to detail. You remembered Vulcan's got green blood. I always, I always <laughs> God, like that. If you forgot that, what? Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It, I think it happened a time or two in TNG, if I'm no. not mistaken. Didn't we, didn't, weren't we watching one of the episodes with the... But but maybe it's that was a fake Vulcan. I don't know. Because they be. do that, too. They yep. did a lot of Vulcan cosplay. Um, but yeah, just like has to be like you know, forgetting Picard has French roots, right? <laughs> just like making him English or something. <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? Well, you know, um, mm. but yeah, I, I, I liked it. It's it, you did throw you into the middle of the action. I just, uh, I just wish we'd have gotten to this. Like, like there'd have been such a natural build and excitement of the episode without this uh, front loading it. But well, what are you going to do? Yeah, um, we are going to flash back here to Chateau Picard. And it's the last day of harvest season. And that night after the wine is bottled, Laris makes a pass at Picard. But apparently his time for romance has passed. And this leads into a flashback of himself as a young child and his mother uh, in an atrium of Chateau Picard. And he mentions how his parents fight. She tells him, "When when we fight, you should just look up at the stars. And at the end of the scene, we zoom out to a rift opening in space. Wow, man, it's gonna be one of those types of recaps. Okay, okay, Co- yeah. cover, cover I mean, this is fifty all light years with that uh... of a piece. Uh... <laughs> okay, first of all, the geek in me. What I, I kind of liked Picard hand inspecting the grapes, and you're like, oh man, what a fucking boutique vineyard he's running mm-hmm. like he's got to be the last guy on earth that's like handpicked and then you zoom out and he's got these massive like matrix style yeah like great harvesters <laughs> that are just literally beaming them off the vine and it's like uh-huh. i don't know and they've and they've got the time is on my side which makes it feel like it's kind of a laid back but to me this is like almost sinister Oh, wow. Beaming the grapes right. into it feels like I, it's, I, there's something matrixy about like mm-hmm. how ominous and inevitable this harvest was. I just I love seeing uses of transporter technology that are mundane like this. Like it, also mm-hmm. they beam the labels onto the bottles instead of like rolling them right. as stickers or whatever. <laughs> they just... or I, I thought I thought maybe they were like hollow labels like they just like, oh, you know, they could like, be like, hollow. Like you, yeah, like you you wipe the bottle and just zoom, and uh-huh. shit turns into the proper uh, proper yeah proper label. Could be. Uh, um, I love that stuff. I also noticed that uh, Picard's Romulan refugee Laris, like in the first scene, it's like, oh, she's been given a soft cougary Romulan makeover. She's uh, she's she's going to be sure. someone that catches catches Picard's eye. So I was looking for this. Uh, this this scene where she essentially yeah propositions him you know like uh, us Romulans we love each other dearly but when the other one dies we are on the market we're ready Apparently. to move product because that's how we honor and it's like hey that's a hell of a way to live if you can pull that off culturally yeah um what he so so we talked about like you wanting Picard to explore his heart and get introspective and how that's very interesting yeah I do worry because like. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you don't agree, but I think it's a perfectly valid option for a man or woman to be married to their job or their vocation or a, oh, sure. a calling to service and government or, you know, uh, uh, the the armed forces or whatever. And like just be dedicated to that thing. 
Um, yeah. And Picard's and done it the, the best way possible because he didn't try to yeah. create a family around his yeah. career, right? He realized, yes, my my purpose in life is to explore the stars and that's it. Um, right. And it, and it's it's not like he he doesn't understand or he's not like, you know, emotionally stunted or something like that. It's like he understands what it's like to have good friends and even lovers and, and mm-hmm. like a desire to explore that. But it's not his primary focus is which is being a Starfleet officer. Like that's kind of his whole thing. And, I hope they don't walk that back. Like I can see an yeah, arc where, yeah. like season three, they bring Brat Crusher and then they pair him off at the end. Uh-huh. And honestly, that would be super fucking sweet. And I sure. want to ship it. But I also <laughs> kind of like Picard going down with the ship. Like, like no regrets. Like you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that's changed now, I guess. I, I don't know. He's like some big shot at Starfleet Academy now, right? He's the commandant. I forget. I wrote down the exact title when we get to that scene. But yeah, he's the, okay. I don't know exactly what cheese. that means. Yeah, I mean he's he's designing programs, right? Um, he's the principal. So yeah, he's he's the the principal. Uh, he puts uh, Riker's son on double plus secret probation when he gets up to his Starfleet shenanigans. Yeah. Damn, Riker's son has got to be like fifty. <laughs> I don't know. That, Riker's what? son what is still going to be. About? Oh, no, we yeah. Saw we saw With him. Riker he's like, he's, they, they started late, man. It's true. It's true. Uh, so I, I think the thing that has changed here with Picard, though, is that he's not on a starship anymore. He's not out running around. His primary focus mm. can be split now. Um, whereas before, it was always career first because that took everything he had. I feel like now that he's in this new era of his life, this new chapter, there's room for potential romance. And if he ignores what he wants, like when he's talking with, with Laris here, he says, you know, my wants have always taken a backseat to my duty. Uh, right. I feel like there's room for both now. And that's, that's why I'm okay with this. Right. I don't, I don't think but it would have been honest or good for him to have done this stuff beforehand. Like trying to set up a family when he's running a starship, I don't know. I mean, Cisco did it, but not super well. Right. Well, it's certainly encouraged that behavior for a certain point in time. Now it seems like they're kind of yeah. walking that back. But uh, yeah, back, back in the <laughs> the hotel era of Starship decor, I I, I don't know because like I to me, um, Picard took a step back from the Federation because he's on the outs um, because you know the Federation was going dark at its heart, right. and Picard you know tried to fight it and then drew a line in the sand and found that Federation could go on without him. Uh, he had that uh, <laughs> the hell is it irakanji? It's like the that's the jellyfish that stings you in Australia. He he had irakanji jellyfish <laughs> in his brain. Okay, uh, but now he's got the positronic body. All that's over. Yeah. So like in my mind. In my perfect world, season three of Picard ends and the series ends with Picard getting back into the captain's seat because okay. he's like like Kirk, but in a different way. Like they're the, they're like two sides of the same coin. They just need to be a captain. They need to be out there. They need to be exploring. Sure. Yes, they have vast realms of knowledge and experience and wisdom to pass on. And you can chain him to a desk at Starfleet and you kill them. But like mm-hmm. they need to be out there. And I kind of feel like now he's got this robot body. That's where I want to see Picard like Jean, you know, Patrick Stewart will will pass on. But like, sure, like it'd be cool to have Picard out there just eternally cruising the stars. And I want that more. If I close my eyes like that seems like a better <laughs> in, uh, ending than like him cozied up with Crusher at Chateau Picard. Yeah. OK, I can see it. Certainly. 
but I do also like fit 49% want to see him curled up with Dr. Crusher at, right. in front of the fireplace at Chateau Picard. I mean, they, like, they have a holodeck on the enterprise. Wolves. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you can recreate Chateau Picard basically anywhere. Uh, and she hasn't forgot the, how to make the red and the blue. So right. So they could just, just take that show on the road. Yeah. Uh, the, the showrunners, I guess, have said, hey, we're probably going to introduce the Enterprise at some point. We just wanted to make it an event. We don't want to just, yeah. you know, do it willy nilly. So, yeah, I could totally see Picard being back in the captain's chair at some point. Um, and it, it kind of feels like I, I almost wanted that when I saw the, saw the stargazer, uh, mm, this, mm. this episode, I'm like, man, Rios, just step aside. Let Picard get back into the stargazer chair. He's, he's going to fucking love this man. He's going to love it, yeah. but he yeah. wouldn't. Uh, all right. Did you want to talk at all about the, uh, flashback or have we, we've we kind of talked around it enough? So he's, he, um, there's this kind of abandoned wing of Chateau Picard, which is his greenhouse, and they flash back to his mother, and Picard, this is when they first come out to Chateau Picard, um, I guess, uh, you get a lot of backstory, a lot of inference. Here's what here's what I think happened, Jim, you argue, you, you tell, correct me when I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, Picard's mom and dad used to live in the big city. His dad had, like, a crisis of conscience or some kind of Green Acres moment, and he's like, we gotta move mm-hmm. out of here, we're buying a vineyard. His Minari or maybe, moment, or maybe, or maybe his dad died, and it's like their turn to like it, they the Chateau Picard was thrust upon them, you know, like this. this sure, thing. could be, and they have to go out there, and her mom doesn't like it, um, and Picard's like, you know, mama, uh, I, I like this, I like being in Paris better, and she's like, well, you know, it's just a transport away, and hey, your dad can go play in the dirt, and your brother can kill himself at school, but you and I will have this greenhouse as a sanctuary, and we'll paint all the walls, we'll make it a magic place. And now, for some reason, it's wrecked. Like yeah. in the future, we see that like there's those paintings took place. Um, and also, as Picard's like seeing the broken pieces of glass, and he holds up a, you see these violent, traumatic images um, of his mother being at least captured, maybe killed. Yes. That's true. Yeah, there was, I, or, or it could be fights. I, it, oh, I don't know father, because you think his father's violent. Well, they fight. They make it a point to say like they fight all the time. They yell and stuff. So maybe, right. maybe those things certainly go mm. can go hand in hand. Uh, they don't necessarily have to. Right, right. And I, I, I took that as fighting over the fact that they're now in the backwoods. They're no longer in, you know. Uh, oh, but I, I thought don't even it know happened what that, there. Like, why the then. fuck wouldn't you want to live in the French countryside if you literally can step in a doorway and be in Paris in right. two seconds? Right. <laughs> like, who the fuck would be like, oh, I don't want to live out in these steaks? You know, like, who says? Yeah. I don't know why everyone has a ridiculous French accent in Picard family. Because <laughs> no one does. No one. But maybe but, they didn't uh, invent no. those those uh, transporter door doorway things until much later. Maybe it was like going to an airport. Before they right like yeah it yeah, was a four hour wait all your, yeah to put all your toothpaste and right plastic baggies gotta make sure there are no there are no flies uh, that get into the chamber otherwise oh, you turn yeah. into Jeff Goldblum at the you, end you get brundle flied yeah 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 it was a whole process I I did like the the writing here where you know she's you know Picard's talking about mommy and daddy fighting and they they're yelling and she's like well if, you know if you hear us yell. Just look up at the stars and realize how 
even though we're loud and scary, how insignificant we are uh, amongst all of of the cosmos, you know. And as she yeah. says that, the we we pan out, and I this is the this this is so fucking this is Starfleet as fuck. A rift in space time opens and knocks your ship ass over tea kettle. Like mm-hmm. the ship is visibly spinning and like out of power, and the calmest motherfucker in the galaxy gets on the horn and says. Uh, this is the USS Avalon. We just got blown the fuck out by a subspace <laughs> anomaly. Uh, please advise. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> there's no klaxons going. It's just like it's the the ADR on that scene was so out of proportion <laughs> for what. Like, do you remember when Sulu got hit with that shockwave in Star Trek Six, and he's like no. hanging on to the side of the table and like turn her into the wave and this guy oh, is just yeah. like taking down a traffic report amazing <laughs> he's seen it all before the, uh, the captain of the uss avalon is one to watch oh I, hell yeah he, I, I got my eye on him uh so i i guess the final thing i want to say about the scene is it seems like there may be a potential for picard to have actually wanted uh some kind of romance but the combination of his duties and the fact that his parents romance was pretty poor. It seemed might have put him off it. Uh, it might not yeah. be simply because he feels his destiny is in the stars, but also th- they have a troubled relationship certainly. And he's seeing yeah, it that. seems like it, this could be an unhealthy coping mechanism to look up, right. look up every time that you get scared emotionally, then look up like, you know, that's, that's yeah. not, that's not a healthy attachment style as they would say in the psychology community. Yeah. All right, the next day, Picard readies for a speech, tries to apologize for Laris, uh, to Laris for rejecting her, and then he gives a speech to a new Starfleet Academy cadets. Uh, is is Laris leaving? Is that what I'm... I think she's leaving. She's just shutting the door. She's like, us Romulans love deeply, and we are not to be scorned. Okay. Uh, you, you you need a night to think about it. Uh, you need a lifetime to get over it because <laughs> I'm out to, you know, no, I, yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm too gotcha. old to put up with your schoolboy awkwardness and naivete and like, oh, you know, like I, I, she wants to fuck and Picard's apparently not ready for that apparently. So, uh, are there too many Earl Grey, whatever jokes in this episode? It's, there's two. It's a little, like I said, this, this, this is really really wanting us to this episode really wants us to like it it's really really like come on we we're star trek fans like you mm-hmm. don't doesn't it feel good don't you don't you want the, your earl gray hot yeah no I, I i wondered that too it was like three three times was it three? Oh my god i think it was three i only remember this one in the one with guinan but it could mm. be uh El- elnor I guess is the first yes. Romulan in Starfleet Academy. That, that's his name and his only name. He doesn't have a last name. Does uh, that seem lame as fucking hell? That he's the first Romulan or that he's going Lieutenant into Starfleet Savick. Academy? Lieutenant Savick was the first half Romulan, half Vulcan. He's the first join Starfleet Academy Romulan. Back in Star Trek motherfucking two. Sure. A hundred plus years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And then the Federation finally. And, and again... I just think that's just a, that's just an insane thing to say. That's like an that would literally be like in our day celebrating the first uh, soldier soldier of Russian born parents to enlist in the U.S. Army. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, that probably happened 
I don't know, back in the 19th century? Like, <laughs> what is the deal with a hundred years before yeah. we let a full-blooded Vulcan or full-blooded Romulan into the, the hollowed halls of the Academy? Oof. All I'm saying is if you're an android, get the fuck in line because... <laughs> Man, oh, we've yeah. got a lot of alien races to, to be the first in Starfleet, and you are the bottom of the list. That's right. Plus, they got the whole, like, we let Data in, like, 40 years ago. They're, they're resting on those laurels. Yeah, he didn't we have to go to be, a, the Starfleet Academy. We can't be Academy. racist against robots. We already let one in. Come on. You just right. have to be exceptional. You know, you have to you have to meet certain standards of whatever and whatever. Am I wrong in that? Did Data go to Starfleet Academy? He absolutely did. Yeah, he graduated with okay. honors. Uh-huh. Nice. All right. Well, never mind. The androids, the androids, they checked the androids off the list before they got to the Romulans. Oh, yeah, Jim. When's, gonna, when, when, when's our next black president? Our next one? 200 yeah. years from now, apparently. That's right. If That's you're judging exactly on Star Trek saying. time. That, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought four centuries in the future, maybe the institutional racism <laughs> would have been out of fed, the Federation, but apparently not. I guess apparently not. Apparently not. Uh, there's also a tragic moment in this where Picard notes that he's the last Picard. Like there are no more Picards. I'm, I don't know why I'm they saddened all died by that. In tragic structure they, fires in the 24th century. That uh, certainly, but also you know, captaining starships and mm-hmm. doing captaining regular ships on the seas of Earth, like all sorts of things. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it got me a little been, been uh, important. A little choked up there, thinking about man, yeah, this fictional character that I've come to know and love over my lifetime. There won't be any more of them. Do you think his uh, positronic swimmers could uh, get a lady pregnant? I don't think so, but I do Is think they late? could just modify his body to never die. Oh. Right? Like, I mean, soon, soon could make that happen because they talk about in the last season we made you old and we made you frail and we shortened your life intentionally because we thought you'd want it that way it's true they could could just stop doing that and canonically sunian positronic robots can live in the vacuum of space for years what uh i would yeah lord when uh data beams him out to space he floated around till a pack-led transport picked him up and uh, then, then he took it over. But I, I think this, at some point, the Stargazer has to get exploded. And Picard is just uh-huh. floating in a, like a torch Starfleet uniform for several years. Like, what would he do? <laughs> I guess you just shut down. I guess you just shut yourself down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a damn fine question. How much uh, trauma can his body sustain? Because they made a point of like, you don't have superpowers, none of that stuff. We made you as human-like as possible. That's dumb. I agree. I want, I Why want, would you I want, want Picard. to? I want neck-snapping Borg Picard. Right? Yeah. Unleash the Sunian positronic robot within Picard. That's the voyage <laughs> I want to see you take this season. All right. La Serena has been boarded, and Seven of Nine fights off the invaders with the help of Rios' hologram. Uh, I don't know what, what this one is called. Uh, they notice the rift out there in space. Uh, and Seven's yeah. alone. They make a big point of like her being alone, and they'll go deeper into that later in the episode with you know another line of dialogue that just says, basically, I've been getting the side eye from everybody my entire life because I'm Borg. I mean, this is the 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 she just borrowed Rios's plot from last season, you know. 
Um, but it's kind of like one step sadder because she's surrounded by Rios's, I assume. Uh-huh. She didn't even decide to program him to look like sevens. Which True. that would have been cool. I would have loved to see like eleven different sevens running around. <laughs> How about seven elevens? <laughs> I can't believe I did that subconsciously. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, all right, and Soji and Gerardi are at a party on Rarit- Raritan 4? I don't know. It's in the beta quadrant. Uh, Gerardi's running her new toasting subroutine. Nope, sorry. Soji is running her new uh, toasting subroutine. And Gerardi's running her rejecting guys at the bar subroutine. And she gets a call from Rios and decides to go see him, leaving Soji behind. Um, these aliens that Soji was diplomacing with, I don't know what the fuck. She's like, you know, look at us, synthetic life forms. We're just like, yeah, they're Deltons. Uh, Deltons were seen, uh, the navigator from the motion picture, the bald headed, really sexy lady, Ilya, that she was a Delton. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought that canonically these people wore elaborate headdresses. That was a point of the movie. And uh, apparently they're just, although I guess it's been a hundred years. So that could be seen as like a, oh God, you know, oh no, that's, 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 that's our grandmother's wore headdresses and shit. Like yeah. we're just going, we're letting our bald heads fly, man. Still wear those powdered wigs. Get out of here. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'm going to withdraw that. Cultures can move and change. Sure. Uh, one thing I do know about transform them. Transform into different fucking entities. It's crazy. Gerardi must have a uh, uh, sex drive of steel to resist this Delton, right? Like that was the thing about them. They're basically they the, irresistible yeah, they, to humans. If they join Starfleet, they must take an oath of celibacy, right? To keep the <laughs> ships being taken over by sexual civil wars. <laughs> like that's how uh-huh. like powerful their sex appeal. Yeah. No, Gerardi is that much of an in uh, that's a vol cell, right? Oh, if you're vol- like what? that, voluntarily sell. I was in some okay. like invo- yeah, Invol- yeah. I'm, I'm too online. I'm sorry. Sure. No, I, uh, I got gotcha. you. But yeah, uh, no, apparently, she, she, yeah. Yeah, that's that's some that's some that's some hopeless shit. If you can't get laid on Delta, Delta Four. Oh yeah. No, she doesn't want to get laid on Delta. Apparently, I uh, love I love how she does it too. She's like getting smashed drunk, and this guy shows her the least bit of attention. She says, "Let me tell you." I murdered my last boyfriend, but mm-hmm. it's cool because I was under alien psychosis and I just had a year long relationship with Rios and I fucked that up and I'm just a tragic mess. <laughs> like, yep. Wow. Wow. Uh, so she beams up to Rios' ship, the Stargazer, as they're about to leave for the anomaly. Uh, like I said, I was a little surprised to see Rios as captain of a real ship, but I guess it could make sense. Uh, and yeah, there, there's stuff about him and Gerardi dating in the past, but I don't know. We're there's, getting the game so together here. Keeping in mind what they publicly stated about, uh, the nature of this season's, uh, you know, being based on Star Trek, uh, four mm-hmm. time travel. I thought there was a lot of fun, like Easter eggs and foreshadowing here. Like Rio says, get us there as quick as you possibly can short of flying us through a sun. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, yeah. They're doing a lot of um, imagery in the introduction. Also Dude, about time, I, I right? To... Like those, those hourglass, uh, kind of like the, the Hawking 
perception of time or I don't know if it's specifically Hawking, but I learned about it in brief history of time with mm-hmm. with, you know, the the hourglass sort of shape of time and space as they converge. Yeah. And there's a and lot like of that, a, like a wormhole being formed by the gravitational well of a sun. And yeah, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of cool hints of, of where they're going. Which uh-huh. I thought was kind of neat. Again, it's not because I've seen a bunch of episodes. It's just because I read the Wikipedia article. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're back. And at, saw the trailer. We are back at uh, Starfleet Academy and Picard and Rafi are talking about their lives. Uh, Rafi misses their old adventures, I'd say. Uh, Picard gives Elnor a book that Spock wrote about being one of the first Vulcans in Starfleet. And Rafi says goodbye and heads off to her ship and Elnor to his. Uh, there's an establishing shot here that I thought was pretty cool where they show the Golden Gate Bridge and it's totally paved over with solar panels. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Um, took him to the 24th century to come up with that innovation, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's some it's some interesting stuff here about uh, Rafi being skeptical of Picard being happy here. You know, it's like you know they yeah. that they, like you're, you got this position because it keeps you focused on Starfleet instead of instead of you. She doesn't drop any jails on him, does she? No, no jails okay. that I noticed, and I would notice I, them. I, I know because I flinch every time like someone yeah. punched me in the face. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that they're moving away from that. Um, I suppose he does get lonely though right like out out on the starship like he's got his friends around him but like romantically I feel like what he does to blow off steam is his Dixon Hill stuff he just goes into the holodeck Mm. and I'm telling you, I Don's feel like a the trench man can live a full life. I don't know. Like, it's, yeah. it's uh, examining this is okay. It'll be interesting to see where they land on it. Um, yeah. Lots of nostalgia here. Uh, you guys liked Excelsior. Excelsior's name checked. Kobayashi Maru, if you've heard of that, mm-hmm. it's a no win scenario. Only, 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 only uh, Kirk ever passed it, and he did that by cheating. What a son of a bitch. Picard's redesigning uh, it. What do you think he's going to do with it? redesigning it. It's going to be even less win. Like he's going to close the current right. loophole forever. <laughs> he, 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 yeah. No, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a, a fucking Cardassian standing in front of you asking you how many fucking lights there are. Oh god! And if you ever tell, if you <laughs> ever snap and break, yep. but card comes out there and he takes a wet towel and he whips you in the willy and he goes, "You failed." I was That's thinking he was going to. It's it's a true unwinnable scenario. <laughs> I, I was just thinking he was going to add Q to it. Like, take the, the existing <laughs> scenario and just put Q in there. Yes! The Kubiashi Maru! The Kobayashi Marku! Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. My ideas suck compared to that one. You got you got the better one. Right? Um, How shitty would that be? That'd be terrible. Oh, man. Um, yeah, they name check Spock. Apparently, he mm-hmm. wrote a memoir about being the first Vulcan, and it's it's all about live a little... Oh, she didn't call him JL, but th- she takes informality to an entirely new level. She doesn't salute the Admiral, the head of Starfleet Academy, as she leaves. She just winks at him. Like, come on. Come on. It doesn't look, seem like they salute. They just, like, come to attention. That's like their... And she did do that. And they certainly don't, don't wink. Riker never winked wink. at Captain Picard when that he was, was being dismissed. That was not a Starfleet regulation wink. No. No, 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 no. Not enough pips in the world to let you get away with that. <laughs> uh... I also so there's a little I don't know what they're doing with the naming system, uh, the numbering system, the 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 serial number of the stargazer. Oh, and this is some yeah. real nerd shit. NCC two eight nine three in the original series. Now hmm. they've added they make it eight. clear this isn't a refit. Although I feel like they, they they say it's not a refit. It's a totally new ship 
derived off of Borg technology. Mm-hmm. Picard even says, like, this isn't my Stargazer. So I would think if this would, but if this is a new number, or if this was this was a new version of Stargazer, it would be NCC 2893A. Right. Or like B, the Enterprise. Or you know, exactly, exactly. Instead, it's got a number of NCC 82893. It's the original code uh, pre- with, with an 8 prefix to it. Mm-hmm. And like, I did a little bit of Googling to figure out if that's like some other kind of alternate like designation to show that it's the same ship number, but it's different and it's a refit versus a new ship or I, but I, I don't know I, if anyone knows that I, I, it, it kind of bugged me. Yeah. Um, I think there are people out there who do know exactly what that's all about. And we'd love to hear yeah. from you. I would surely they just didn't fuck up because they got no. the, the they, they show the original stargazer is in a little plaque at Starfleet Academy. And it's got the correct, uh, designation 2893 so gotcha i don't know all right uh rios assesses the rift and gets a call from seven and then they get a transmission directly from the rift which turns out to be a message for picard uh rios has a windproof cigar or windproof lighter and cigar and the cigar is i think lit oh yeah how the hell do you get away with that in starfleet can you just fire up a stogie on the bridge you can't even do yeah. that in the 21st century u.s navy can you i mean you he's, can't ca- smoke he's on the a, captain the of the ship of he can ship. do whatever the hell he likes um it, it, i i just think they use the transporter to beam the smoke out into space and <laughs> right out of your lungs yeah. <laughs> right just, right just, just if they can if they can pick grapes off the vine they can get yep. smoke out of your pasta ragu whatever the aviolis raviolis you got oh, in yeah. lungs is being deemed the smoke right out okay i guess my <laughs> objection but see this is how you get structure fires this is uh-huh. this is how the picards died you know well there's he's, nothing on the enterprise that can burn apparently four cigars at a time because why not this beam, beam the smoke out <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay anyways yeah it says help us picard um nice to see our heroes in starfleet uniforms like i said uh and then we go to la and picard visits guinan at her bar should we talk about the address of this bar because it's th- maybe the most fan servicey thing they do in this episode I'm still laughing about Picard's brother smoking four cigars. His wife is like, Robert, Robert, sticking up the whole ass, his eyes, it beams out the lungs. You don't have to worry about the cancer. And then and the, and whole the whole house goes up. The whole place goes right. up. There's the last Picard's, you dumbass. Uh, this place, this historic place in L.A., it's on Forward Avenue. I'm not sure if that's an avenue that's actually in L.A. or, or not. But the address is yep. 10 Forward Avenue. Yep. Yep. Guinan. Pretty, I pretty see what slick. you did there. Pretty um, slick. And, and we get our second, by my count, uh, Earl Grey reference in this scene because Guinan realizes mm. he's here before she sees him. And then they sit down and talk about his non-existent love life. Uh, but he, th- talking about it is like not really what they do because he can't really bring himself to talk about it. And she tells him that the true final, fr- final frontier that has yet to be explored is his heart. Yeah. And she's, I mean, there's a lot of people like diagnosing Picard stuff. Cause she says stuff like, uh, you know, your problem is you only get in relationships. Cause he's like, Oh, I've been in relationships, even meaningful ones. Like I said, yeah, we remember Vosh. Uh, but it says you get in relationships that can only be temporary. 
and he's like, ah, it's too late. She's like, ah, it's not time. It's, it's, it's you. Um, you never risk anything other than your bones, your life. This, this goes into the whole thing of like Picard has never, I, like I said, this is, it, it seems like they're taking it to a direction that Picard is this way, not because of a conscious decision, but because he's kind of traumatized. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, I guess I'm warming up to that. I just like, I do like it when people can just be maniacally focused on something other than a marriage mate. Uh, sure. It's not even a choice I've made in life. I, I've made like I've made all kinds of sacrifices because I, I like to keep things on the family side of the balance equation. But uh, I didn't. I don't know. Like it's it's a valid choice is all I'm saying to be. Yeah. Like, you know, a celibate priest or a celibate ship captain or a celibate, uh, you know, Arctic explorer or what have you, you know. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. I just want people to come by it honestly, I guess, you know, and not be traumatized mm-hmm. into it. Um, yeah. So exploring that is pretty interesting to me, for sure. And I guess seeing like a maybe a, a semi-romantic or an exploration of romance uh, on the season of Picard might not be so bad. I don't. I don't know where that'll come from. It's not not Rafi, right? They're not gonna. Oh no, Rafi's not four gonna, eleven. Or not? She's four eleven. She's for seven. <laughs> Rafi is all about that. Is she queen. okay? Yeah. I, I thought yeah. I picked up something about that in this episode but i it was no, just they, like she, touched they, on because they kissed last episode last season did they i don't remember that at all yeah yeah they they paired they paired people off aggressively at the end of that show okay um, yeah i just remember the robot stuff around the end I of think that that's episode. one of the reasons they're they're really hammering seven being like by herself like aggressively like only with the company of holograms because she's all right you know, Pushing and all she sees is people rejecting her and can't deal with her and are turned off by her and the one per I don't know. All right, Picard and Girardi. I'm shipping it now. <laughs> Picard and Girardi. Oh my god. No. Uh, I can't imagine a worse. I don't pairing. think. I oh I will I will say this. Picard and Crusher. That's fine. Picard and somebody else is fine. It can't be Picard and Laris. I don't want Laris. I don't want Laris going back on. Uh, yeah. The Picard thing. He would be destroying her Romulan culture. If, yeah. if she did. Uh, how yeah, about Picard and Q? Forever hidden to him now. <laughs> oh, God. I want Picard <laughs> and Q to, to end up growing old Holy and happy together. shit. That right? would be amazing. <laughs> that would be fun. Okay. That's that's the now number one ship. <laughs> sure. I want to see it. Let's see what you got, writers. So an admiral... Or, or Grand Admiral. I don't know what he calls her here. Something Admiral. We don't have <laughs> subtitles uh, for these screeners. Uh, visits Picard at his chateau and tells him about the transmission they received uh, with his name in it. And it's also more than that. It's a treaty to join the Federation. So Picard agrees to go to the Monopoly. The Monopoly? Picard agrees to play Monopoly and check it out. <laughs> and he leaves without saying goodbye to Laris. Uh, I'll pay, but only if the bank can't loan money and there's no free parking money. Those games last forever. The line <laughs> must be drawn here. I don't have the time. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. I yeah I uh, the, the, here's and here's why I want, don't want Laris to take him back because it's one thing for her to like you know say hey look it's too late buddy but then for him to leave without so much as buy your leave or hey I'm taking off. I, I love this. I love this moment. This this is like, I mean, he's he's he would rather 
yeah, he'd rather leave without saying goodbye than confront whatever he would have to confront uh, emotionally mm-hmm. to make that okay. And and I think like him running out to the stars, like seeing his opportunity to look up here in, uh, instead yeah. of dealing with the emotional weight of what's to come uh, with them. I, I think it's a great moment. Gosh, it's amazing how like I came to exact opposite. I think you're right. But I've come to exact opposite conclusions looking at this because I was thinking like this sucks for Laris, but like this is why Picard is the way has structured his life for sure. Starfleet's yeah. calling like there's some new crazy shit and it's calling for you, man. And he just can yeah. go. He does like that's like again. I like being in a family and I wouldn't do it any. But like it is kind of nice being single. Like no one that like I could. You know, this is Friday night. I could just blow out of here after work and go do whatever the fuck I want. Oh, you sure. Know, someone says, hey, you want to go take a ski trip or do you want to do this? You want to get in a pl-? I can do anything. I don't have to check with anyone. You know, once you get a wife, uh-huh. you want know, to get kids, all that. It's but like to me, this was kind of like illustrative of like why Picard has structured his life the way it is, because he yeah. is always one call away from shoving everything into a duffel bag and beaming the fuck out. That's true. And um, he likes that. Yeah, no, uh, you could be right about that, certainly. Uh, so then Picard boards the Stargazer and tells Seven about what it means to him uh, and the history he's got there. And she tells him that uh, this is the first ship with Borg tech integrated, as we talked about, mm-hmm. and her mm-hmm. presence is weirding people out because of it. Uh, yeah. Rios welcomes Picard to the bridge, and then he hails the anomaly, and a Borg ship responds and comes through the rift. So screaming Picard like this. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not more up. traumatized by this. Maybe it's the yeah. new android body, but I felt I felt like this last year would have really triggered him. You know, yeah, It'd trigger me, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're coming through space and time to get me. It's no good. I guess he did. That was part of his arc, is like you know, kind of identifying with the Borg and. You know, kind of like, God, have we gone too far? We got our boot too much to the heel of of, of these, you know. Then they talk about how, uh, they, okay, this is the other reason I really like this episode. A classic ready room scene. Picard oh. takes the senior offers to a quiet space and they discuss what they should do. And he gets all their input. Uh, you know, the color palette is so fucked up. I didn't even realize that's what was happening, but you're totally I know, right. I know. Um, and like, I, I love that seven, f- uh, fell into the, the, uh, wharf role. Like, it's just uh-huh. like, Nope, I don't want to hear asses. anything. We should just, yeah, we, we <laughs> have their asses right here. I have a size 12 boot. I suggest we kick. uh, it's like, it's like that she's just not having it. And everybody else is like, well, you know, imagine what the Borg would be like as an ally. She just, are you crazy? Do you not speak? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I, and I hope this is again, a return to form because, yeah, more of the fucking ready room scenes, man. That's where a lot mm-hmm. of the interesting stuff happened on the next generation. I agree. All right, Rios asks Picard uh, what to do. Picard's not sure. Uh, Seven wants to destroy the Borg ship. We we kind of talked about this, but we didn't recap it. Um, she assumes it's a deception. And Gerardi and Picard don't want to be so hasty. Then the Borg want to negotiate with Picard and transport the Queen to the Stargazer's bridge. And she begins taking over the Stargazer systems. They try to fight her off, but it's no use. So Picard destroys the Stargazer. Except for he gets like right at the one countdown and some kind of temporal explosion happens, right? Uh, are we to that point? I, could, I couldn't tell if it was a... Yeah, we are to that point. I couldn't tell okay, if it was okay. a temporal explosion or if that was... 
the stargazer exploding and Q just made it so right like Q just said you know what he's dead but I'm gonna bring him back every time Q uses power it's a big cruciform like light layer flare lens that's exactly like that's what a 2022 version of that special effect would look like oh my god I think you're right yeah, Q Shit. just steps in in that moment. I, I assume after Picard is being torn. I thought this is something Adam that from the Adam. Borg Queen did, like to throw them back no. in time, like in or to like like kind of like uh, first contact. Oh, goddamn! Nope. I think this. I is swear Q. to God, I watched this episode multiple times. People, I just like I'm, <laughs> I was, you know, ass on my head type of type of observations here. Um, hmm. So so, so I, I think it's super interesting. The stuff that they don't say here about like what are the Borg doing here? Why are they sending out this this treaty to join the Federation? Like I know they've been beaten back to the point where they're kind they're of described as hobbled. Yeah, they're 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 limping around. Um, but man, I like what it is the threat? So powerful. What is the threat? Uh, yeah. Like why are they running out of time? Right? Like there there's a couple of lines there that's just like. Oh boy, something big is happening, and we just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, and I—that's—that's that's a great question. I had a question about like, why does the Borg Queen look like this? Mm-hmm. She's got this weird kind of like neo-gothic going out to a matrix, you know, <laughs> strip club kind of attire. Yeah, like what is up with that? I know what a Borg Queen looks like. It's not this. Um, and the- what is? Why, why, like, if, if they're, if the Borg are so hobbled that they're willing to, to completely change their ethos on life and sue for peace rather than this, this brute force assimilation. Yeah. Why are they still so powerful? Like, this one right. ship is taking on all of Starfleet and, like, 5% from hijacking the entire fleet. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you incurred heavy losses for X, Y, and Z reasons. Just re, re, recoup your losses. Yeah. by by pillaging the alpha quadrant who's going to stop you like i don't know I, I i wonder what is the larger threat why are they so on the ropes what what is going on here yeah all good questions probably my number one question coming out of the scene is why does the board queen tell picard to look up that seems yeah, ominous I mean, it, I, I fully believe that the Borg know everything that, Bo- that picard know his like inner deeper starkest secrets oh, because of their yeah. simulation and they might be fucking with him that way. But what what is that meant to imply to Picard, right? Like, look up. Hmm. Look at the flowers, how, Picard. Yeah, how's that how is that supposed to help the situation? I don't know. It's don't an interesting know way to leave us. I have a couple us. other questions. Why is Captain Rios not have control of his ship? Why, when he thunders on the bridge several times, cease fire, cease fire, God damn it, stop mm-hmm. firing, do people continue to just pour onto his bridge and fire <laughs> ineffectually at the queen? Like, I, this this whole, like, sequence, he's like, cease fire! And, like, uh, yeah. people just blam, 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 and the Borg Queen's shooting back, and then Seven's like, uh, she's not even killing people, she's just stunning, and he's like, God damn it, cease fire, and people are still the pow, 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 pow. Not at I don't know. Maybe he's, I mean, not, he's rusty at this whole command thing. This is a training ship, right? So I just assume is they're it, not good at their jobs a, yet. Is this? I don't think this is an academy ship. I okay. Think, All right. 
Yeah, it's the first of a new Borg-derived military, and there's no fucking way. Yeah, they would. I don't think so. Put trainees on that. Although you gotta I you gotta train so. on the tech. Maybe, maybe the phasers it's just. True. Maybe they're Borg phasers and they just fire at will. Well, I actually thought that was a cool. I thought they were going for a cool like Earth-based homage, uh, where like uh, some of uh, the Navy doesn't do this a lot, but they have a couple training vessels that are literally old sailing ships. And I thought it's like, oh, this is kind of neat. If Starfleet maintains a fleet of like these old vessels, like the Stargazer, mm-hmm. like the Excelsior, maybe an Enterprise, and they're just ceremonial ships that the cadets learn to trade on a real but very old ship, kind of like the old, you know, hey, we're raising the sails, and even though we're going to be on a nuclear reactor ship, it's a kind of valuable look at the past. But no, I think the Stargazer is a brand new ship that's crewed by regular old Federation officers. Um, I could be wrong, though. It is kind of wild that it's so incredibly ineffective, like all their technology against the Borg Queen, because they spent... So I remember they have ways to deal with the Borg's uh, shield technology. You, you You can... oscillate the phasers uh, and, sure, and cycle the them through the frequency. Uh-huh. Yep. You can do all that. Vary the harmonics. So you're willing to tell me that they have built an entire starship based on Borg technology, but they have not updated their phaser banks to the, the, their, their handheld phasers to deal with the Borg technology. Well, let me tell you this. This scene is so ludicrous because seven of nine is like uh, Annika. She's like, this is the first of this new board. Like we understand the Borg technology at a more intimate level than ever before. Yeah. It's going to be super amazing. It's so advanced. It's a ama- You know, what's advanced that the Borg queen just coming in and taking it over. Like it's her own. Like, like right. they actually announced like the Borg queen is interfacing with our Borg technology. Like it was a completely unforeseen <laughs> thing. I don't It'd be like designing a new battle rifle to use Soviet ammunition, like Eastern Bloc ammunition and during the Cold War and for uh-huh. our soldiers to be like, my God, the Soviets are picking up our ammunition <laughs> and putting into the rifles. How could like what the, ah, this made no <laughs> sense at all, man? Yeah. I, how the could, only if, how how could we have foreseen in contact with the Borg that they would be able to yeah. take over their technology? The, the only reason I give this to them is they didn't know the Borg were going to be here. So, like, I assume all, all other things being equal, they would want the Stargazer out of board contact. But I got you. So the, this, the, the Starfleet is putting a rock, paper, scissors fleet. They got the Borg-derived yeah. fleet, but it cannot deal with the Borg. Right. For that, you need the Klingon-derived fleet. Yep. Uh, where it's all hand-to-hand kinetic weapons. They can't, they can't, they, <laughs> right. you know, they can't tune to a fucking Batleth. You can't tune uh-huh. that shit out. And then, you know, uh, but, but that, that fleet's useless. You can't use the Romulan feet that, yeah, you got it. It's all very specialized. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, that's the basis of our modern Navy, right? Like you got yeah. subs, you got battleships, you got right. Uh, right. aircraft carriers. Yeah. 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 You roll dice if they, if they, if they, <laughs> uh, they hit on one. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the final scene here, it's just very quick, but oh, so good. Uh, Picard wakes up in Chateau Picard where he's greeted by Q, but it, but it's a, it's a weird version of Chateau Picard. It's not the one that we saw earlier in the episode. Yeah. Uh, and br- Q welcomes him to the very end of the road, not taken. Um, I think the insignia on his jacket is weird and, that painting, that that portrait of Picard is strange. 
in some way. Is it a more military military looking jacket? Like a more of a seems like although it's hard to tell with new Trek. Like yeah, because TNG like like the old the classic era Trek movies. Those uniforms are pretty militaristic like that for sure yeah they're just red uh, but I, I, it seemed like the, the house was more festooned with like weaponry and uh-huh. armor and like yeah, swords on the walls more nakedly and... militaristic yeah yeah uh-huh and yeah. then uh john delancey shows up da's did you think for a second that they were just going to have him play i, I shouldn't because i've seen the goddamn trailer but uh no, I I don't know what I thought in that moment, but seeing him transform to to you know match Picard's age was pretty amazing. It's great, and they draw a direct connection to uh, all good things. Saying, "Remember the last thing I said to you about the trial never ending." Yeah, and you know they're they're weaving into the the themes of time and regret and second chances. Very end of the road, not taken. Mm-hmm. I would. Knowing what I know about the next episode, I am kind of curious how they wed that particular theme with a trial of Q. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Is he going to go back and be like, uh, you know, uh, this is this is where you could have made it with Dr. Crusher and you didn't. And now look at the state of the Federation, Picard. The Federation has become a Borg doormat because you couldn't make it with a girl, Picard. <laughs> Don't you regret not making it with that girl? The Federation lies in ruin, Picard, all because you couldn't make it with the girl. Like, what? I I, that know. seems like if the road not taken is Picard in it, it, like mm-hmm. getting romantically in love with somebody, how can this be a Q trial? hmm i don't know is there what if q got infected him and picard he's hung around picard so far he got infected with the irakanji syndrome he's got those lethal (laughs) jellyfish swarming around his brain and he's just addled He's just like, hmm. uh, well, Q, I, I just didn't make it with the girl. It's not a big deal. No, Picard, the Federation lies in ruins at the bottom of your broken heart. Like, no, I'm pretty sure it's going to be. A, no, Picard. I don't know. Uh, what's what's his his girlfriend's name in Next Generation? Vosh. Vosh. What if they bring her back? God, I would. That would also right? be a fucking hot ship. Yeah, that could yeah. be pretty amazing. I don't uh-huh. know if they'll like, like end up happily ever after or anything, but it could be fun to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I would like that too. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see because again, I, I, I like all the parts that they've assembled. These are good parts. The little Star Trek boy in me is really, really mm-hmm. happy. Um, I just, I just, I can't quite see it assembled into a, a complete picture. Um, of course, that's it. You know, you're yeah. in the first episode. You're not supposed to. But like, I'm right. like, man, some of these things seem kind of almost contradictory. And uh, but maybe that's it. The Picard's a contradictor, a contradiction. Um, sure. Um, and there are probably I, some, you know, counterintuitive uh, emotional notes they can hit as well. I felt a little bit of that in last season, um, you know, yeah. with defining life as sort of it, it only having meaning if it ends and things like that. Um Right. You know, th- things that are sentimental and, and maybe not, you know, uh, agreeable to everyone. But. All right. 
Well, yeah, that's uh, that's the first episode. I'm curious to see what people make of it, and because uh, again, I uh, I really like these first few episodes, um, but I will also say that I really liked the first two episodes of last season's Picard too, because it had all that nostalgic thing of him, you know, sitting in Tin Ford with Data and the yeah. DH Brent Spiner, and that hit me right in my Star Trek feels and this really interesting plot with these robots. And we know that, that, that I wasn't thrilled with everything that happened in season one. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I, as much as they said, we talked about this in a preview podcast that the showrunners were adamant about not learning any lessons from the first season. Some of this stuff does feel like deliberate course correction. Like, you know, we, we are like the ready room scene. Like, hey, we hear you. We want start like, okay, we're still going to have seven of nine for no damn good reason. Pile drive some dude two <laughs> fucking fl- ship decks onto a pallet of duranium or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to give you some ready room scenes because you kids like that. That's like that's what that's what Picard does. Right. And like, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah he does do that. Thank you. So I'm uh, I'm hopeful that, the, that there are going to be some cool changes. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, if you would like to send us feedback, send it into Picard at baldmove.com. We plan on considering that at the end of each podcast, the the week's feedback before. If we get enough of it, we might do a special feedback edition uh, in the midweek. But um, uh, I don't know. And it might just be the diehard Star Trek people uh, like us. Maybe it, it, just us. Maybe it's just us out there talking, Jim. I'm not sending any feedback in. Uh, it, it will probably be in arrears, too, with the way we're recording these because we do have screeners. So... The stuff that you send us, um, you know, will be kind of a week late or maybe yeah, more. It'll be, it'll be I, like a it's week. It's going to be weird. Reason. But yeah, send in your feedback. We, we are happy to have it. Um, if you do send feedback, Jim, I want you to do it through a temporal disturbance. I want to see your beard like rupture into my office and be like, <laughs> Aaron, help us, Aaron. You know, just send it. Yeah. I will I'll, speak to Aaron only. You, you got me. You got me. What's your feedback? <laughs> I must send you my queen to treat with you. I may send you the, yeah, I don't, I don't know, the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution in full, uh, <laughs> and you'll just have to interpret it, and I'll just say, look up. When you send your queen, it's just your cat. She's yep. like outside my door scratching. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it for that's it for us. Picard at baldmove dot com. Uh, we'll see you here in season or season two, episode two. Uh, until next time, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. Later.